Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Good morning to everybody. Good morning to those that are viewing by live stream. And I would like to say if this is your first time here, and you've been searching or you're viewing by live stream and you're just kind of surfing through all of that and you found us, well, guess what? Your search is over. When you run into Jesus, you run into the safest, most uh, prosperous place you get. That's where you originally belong anyway. So your search is over. Say that with me out loud. My search is over. All right. In case you are here for the very first time, we're thankful that you, that God has helped you to find this place. Uh, and we teach the Bible here. And we believe that the Word of God covers every aspect, every area of your life, both individually, collectively, as a family, and even as a nation. And uh, I just don't want to get this out of the way because some people, where they get their news sources is not very reliable. Uh, We're having a change, a a shifting, and that shifting is called, and a sifting had to take place for the shift to take place. You follow? And uh, just recently, you didn't hear it on the major networks, uh, and I caught this off of Newsmax, just in case you want to know where I got it. Uh, With the dilemma at the gas pump, just to let you know that you don't have some solid individual occupying this administration, sold one million barrels of our strategic reserve to a company that's owned by China. To China itself. And his son happened to be connected with that company. I'm not talking about in the past. I'm talking about right now. And it's very important that if you're not uh, registered to vote, that you get registered to vote. It's going to be up to the church to turn this nation right side up. And uh, uh, you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, why? why?" I've had people say, well, you know, uh, I can't go to church there because you talk about politics too much. Politics in this nation affects your everyday life. Okay? And you need to understand that the people... The way our government is set up from the founding fathers, which originated from the Word of God. We're going to get into that in a moment. They cannot govern without the consent of the people. Just like I can't pastor you without your consent. Okay? You have have to allow me to. Okay? And I don't know why you'd hang around if you don't want me to. Well, that went really big. Uh, 
but you need to understand where we are, what this is all about. The pandemic was uh, the devil meant it for bad. And the pandemic wasn't handled properly. It was used to manipulate. And if you still believe that the vaccine is going to save you, you are out of your mind. Okay? Because they're now talking about giving it to infants. The side effects they don't know about yet on infants. And uh, I don't, I don't want to go, but you need to know where you're getting your information. Yes. Okay? All right, moving right along. I can tell y'all, you know, you're getting too political for me, Pastor Ronnie. Too bad, so sad. If you don't want to know the truth, you should. You came to the wrong place. But if you're in search for truth, I'm telling you right here. Um, we're going to get into the Word of God here. But before we do, why don't you get your Bibles out? Okay, we're going to be doing this for a while. Because I want it ingrained. We want to get it ingrained inside. Okay? That's the problem. Sometimes we want a message and we thank the message, but we don't give it time to in, be ingrained. You follow? We're going to make a pledge to God's holy word. Okay? And you can just repeat after me. I don't know if they've got it up there, but they don't. You can just repeat it after me. I pledge allegiance. I pledge allegiance. To the Word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I will hide God's Word in my heart, that I might not sin against Him. Now, that's very simple, all biblical base, but you need to make a pledge to it. If every time you read the Bible, you need to understand, you've got to take this stuff seriously. This is not religion is and I don't, I don't like the word religion but spiritual matters uh, spiritual matters are not just on Sunday spiritual matters is how you're to live you're to live out of your spirit out of your heart you're not to live out of your emotions and you're not to, your body is to carry out what's going on on the inside okay so you need to make a pledge to that now, I'm going to be probably teaching today, not so much preaching. You know, I have to find out how God wants me to handle it, but who knows? I may get excited a little bit. I want you to go with me to the book of John. We'll read this out of the King James. Gentlemen up there in the sound, uh, I need in the video department, I need you to have it ready in the Amplified. In John chapter 8, Let's turn there. Father, I thank you right now that your word comes alive in our hearts today. In Jesus' name. John chapter 8. This is going to be the foundation for this whole month because we're going to be uh, talking about freedom. In John chapter 8, and we'll look at verse 31 and 32, and then we'll jump down to 36 for time's sake. Then said Jesus to, the, to those Jews which believed on him. Now, how many of you believed on him? 
Rest of you, if you haven't believed on Jesus, how many of you believe on Jesus? I want to know. Okay, you that are viewing by live stream, that includes you too. Listen, if you believed on Jesus, Jesus is talking to you. He talked to the believer. This is addressed to the believer. And he said, if you continue in my word, if you will continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. That phrase or that word indeed means in doing. So if I continue in the word of God, I become a disciple in my doing. I'm not just a hearer only. Okay? And if you, and, and the word and, there's a conjunction. It means that he, it's the previous statement is not complete without this. So we could say it this way. If you continue in God's word, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you, shall make you, shall make you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be, a, you need a remake. The Word of God will remake you. And this is how it's going to fashion you. In freedom. In freedom. Okay? Now freedom, freedom is, is the absence of domination. Have you ever wondered why, you know, God can make everybody worship Him? And there will come a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess His Lordship. But the benefit is for those who freely choose that. God will not violate your freedom to choose. He's given you the opportunity. In fact, if you want to know why sometimes it takes God for the wheels of His justice, to, they grind and you ever heard they grind slowly? He's giving people a chance to freely choose Him. I wish that the things that we were going through, my body wishes, my spirit hopes. Amen. Okay. But I wish that we wouldn't have to go through what we're going through, but we're having to go through it because justice is being released. And He's giving opportunity for people to choose to be freed in Him. Okay? Now watch carefully. In verse uh, 36, And if the Son shall make, uh, therefore make you free, you will be free indeed. Now what did Jesus come to make us free from? Well, He's freed us from the law of sin and death. And... Uh, that the righteousness, and carefully, listen carefully what it says. I, I think sometimes we don't read it carefully. But <clears throat> Jesus came to free us from the law of sin and death. There's a law of sin and death. He did not come to free you from moral law. Quite the contrary. He came for that moral law to be fulfilled in you. In fact, He writes it upon your heart. So now you do it from the heart. You follow? 
So what is the, and I encourage you to get Wednesday night because I th that was one of the most important things I could say, yet it's very one of the things that I think that many people miss. Many churches miss it. In fact, I'm going to use the word religion. Religion doesn't want you out of a box. But Jesus came to set you free. What did he free you from? Fallen human nature. Fallen human nature has its roots in that it's weak in the flesh and it cannot perform the moral code that God wants to write upon your heart. Are, are y'all following me? Pay attention right here. You have been freed to practice righteousness. How many of you have ever heard, uh, you know, many preachers will get up and they'll make just say, well, we, we're just all sinners. We're just all sinners. We're just all sinners. But we're saved by, we're, we're all sinners saved by grace. That is not who you are in Christ Jesus. Okay. You were an old sinner. That's why you're saved by grace. And the fact that you're saved by grace means you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you're freed from the law or you're freed from the nature of sin and death. Now, given a new nature and that nature is the nature of righteousness. Then they'll go ahead and make these statements. After all, after all, we sin daily. And they emphasize that phrase. We sin daily. Okay? And it seems like every church service is you got to get saved all over again. Okay? Same people come down to the same altar, ball and squall, and they think that coming down to the altar and balling and squalling about the regret that they had that week is what saves them. It does not save them. That is, listen carefully, godly sorrow. But godly sorrow, listen carefully, godly sorrow leads you to repent. Do you know what repentance is? Turn around. So this next week, because I've been led by godly sorrow, and I recognize that I'm freed in Christ Jesus, this next week, I realize I don't have to do what I did the week before. Here's the thing that I want you to grasp. You don't have to sin if you've been saved by grace. And yet our churches have been teaching for a long time that you have to sin. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that you, the Word of God in the New Testament says that you're to crucify that old man. He said if you will understand what water baptism is, you put that old man down. You, you reckon him dead in sins and trespasses. And you bury him. Do you know why you bury him? You bury him in the waters of baptism. You know why you bury, you know why you bury dead things? Because if you don't bury them, they stink. Lot, that tells us a lot about Christians. They haven't buried the old man yet. 
You bury the old man, you recognize that you've been freed from that old nature. The Bible says you rise out of that water grave to walk in newness of life. That means the old man's dead and now the new man is coming forth to live in, in the inside of me. That's what this all means. Well, I couldn't help it. The devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do anything. Your consciousness of sin made you do it. Okay? You are freed in Christ Jesus to live the life he paid for. Now, do you think he paid for a life? I'm talking about right here on earth. Do you think he paid for a life? that you just had to sin, then you're, you're saying that the power of the blood of Jesus was not sufficient to make me walk right. Are you following me? Churches are full of it and they'll say it all the time. Woo! Shout me down. Freedom means the absence of domination. Sin, and this is what it says in Romans, shall not have dominion over me. For I am not under the law of sin and death, but I'm under grace. That's what the Bible says. Now I'm saying that to you an individual, but it can apply to your family. It can apply to your marriage. It can apply, listen carefully, to our nation. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 3. We'll read verses 16 through 18. And here's where I want the Amplified to come in, gentlemen, up there. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Listen to this. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord. Now when he says it, he's talking about the, the nation. Our sin curse. When we, when we turn to the Lord. That word turn means to repent. If you don't repent, turn. Then guess what happens? The veil, a veil has been put over your understanding. Come on, brother. That's what's wrong with the world. Okay, now, he said, when, a per when, when we turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, is that Spirit. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, the first Adam was a living soul, became a living soul. The last Adam, speaking of Jesus, became a, a, a living spirit, or, or, or uh, he became a spirit. In other words, let's, let's turn there. Hold your finger here, because we're going to get it right. Y'all have ever quoted a scripture, misquoted it? I won't ask you uh, to raise your hands. 1 Corinthians 15, this is this. As it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. 
Jesus gave us his spirit called the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised him from the dead. Okay? And now the Lord is that quickening spirit we're reading here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He is the quickening spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. liberty. Now listen carefully. Associate the word liberty with right and privilege. Right and privilege. So Jesus became the quickening spirit through the Holy Spirit and where that's his, the Holy Spirit is there are rights and privileges. Now what's my right? My right is now that I can walk in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that when the pressure of the situation would try to move me into temptation, I can be delivered through a way of escape by the Spirit. Are you following what I said? Yes. No, no Christian ever commits sin being influenced by the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? Yes. I'll never forget one time in this church, a person came to, to Zona and I, this is before I was in the full-time ministry. And they was telling us that God told them that their husband, he was going to kill their husband and that she was going to marry somebody else and she knew who that was. And I knew who she was talking about. It just so happens that that other person she was going to marry after her husband died. Now he's still, her husband's still alive when she makes a statement. He, that person happened to be married. And this is what I told him. I'll never forget, right outside that door. I said, what you're talking about ain't God. Because the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to sin. Okay, I got to hurry. Because we got a lot of territory to cover. I don't know who, who that's for. Maybe we'll put it off on somebody through live stream. <laughs> All right. Now watch verse 18, because this is going to get really interesting right here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is rights and privileges, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's rights and privilege. And where does he live then? I'm not talking about this building. Where the Spirit of the Lord is where? In the, in the believer, right? If the Spirit of the Lord is in that believer, then there is what? Liberty. Liberty from what? What have I, what have I got rights and privileges over? I got rights and privileges to use the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now not to let my fallen, that fallen human nature dominate me anymore. Yes. Say that with me. In Jesus, In Jesus. I, don't have to sin. I don't have to sin. Now, if you're ignorant of those things, the devil can entrap you. Okay? Now, does that mean that I walk perfectly right now? No. 
But let me tell you, when a baby's born and that baby becomes a toddler, that toddler automatically, because of, he, he, he been fed regularly and it's just a natural course of growth, that, that baby's going to pull himself up, that toddler's going to pull himself up to the side of that coffee table sooner or later. And when they do, they're going to get so excited because they've been crawling. Are y'all following me? Sound like, sound like me at many times. When a God takes me to another level, I'm pulled up. Woo! Look at what I found. And I, and I start going like, you know, I start going like this. And I get so excited about the revelation. Woo! And I let go of the coffee table. When I do, take about two steps, fall flat on my behunkus. I probably bawl and squall and cry, well, Lord, I thought I heard from you. God says, I let you see it. It ain't in you yet. Okay? What does a parent do? A parent comes over there and picks that baby up, right, gets rid of all the tears and all the hurt, sets them back down, and this, this baby goes right back to that coffee table, pulls himself right back up, and this time, instead of falling after two or three steps, it may pay, take five or six steps. Now listen, that's the natural, normal growth process. Is that right? Yes. All right, I want you to grab this as a Christian. Lay hold of what I'm saying to you. Because people say, well, you know, Christian, you, you just think you're perfect. I don't think I'm perfect. But let me tell you, the more I mature, the less I fall. Yes. That's good. Okay? A toddler falls often. I don't fall near as often as I used to. How many of you fall just as much as you did when you was a toddler? Why do you think it's any different in the spirit realm? It's not. So if, if we keep hearing that we got to sin and, we're just, and that's all we hear about America, well, America ain't perfect. All the enemies are saying that. America's not perfect. No, I'm, that we're the only... If you notice that in Cuba, they are not telling the people down there for the whole world to see all the mistakes that Castro and his regime has made. In America, it's blasted around the world. Wow. Wow. Y'all still love Jesus, right? Watch this. Verse 18. But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed, are changed from glory to glory, from glory to glory. Are you, are you grabbing this? This ought to give you hope. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what does the Spirit of the Lord do? Take, one, take you to one revelation level at a time and lets that be worked in you. Then he takes you to another level uh, of revelation at a time, lets that be worked in you, takes you to another and keeps doing it until the very image of Jesus is perfected in us. Are you following? See, if you're not growing, you're dying. 
And there are some Christians aren't growing in their faith. Therefore, they really have no earthly relevance to the Spirit of God. Well, y'all still love Jesus. Go with me to... Let's hold it right there. Let's go to the Amplified. You got that in the Amplified, what we just read? Okay. Watch this. But whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Emancipation from bondage. From bondage. Freedom. Glory to God. Go to verse 18. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, and are constantly being transfigured into His very own image, in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, you got to think about that. Now, remember what Jesus said. If, he's talking to the believer, or those that believed on him, remember that? And he says, if you continue in my word, then you shall be my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Here's the truth of the matter. In Christ Jesus, I don't have to sin. I'm freed from the power of it. You say, Pastor Ronnie, who do you think you are? I just know my rights and privileges. Don't get upset at me. Go with me to uh, James chapter 1. It's a continuation. It's the way we live. It's the way we live. You, God's bringing us up to a higher realm, deeper depth. And that's why, listen carefully, in these last days, we live in the last days, God's talking to the body of Christ and telling us to grow up. Why? Because we're the ones that God wants to set the pace in our society instead of the other way around, letting society set the pace for the church. It's been sickening to his eyes. Shout me down. If you're not careful, I'm going to take up a $100 offering from each one of you. I'm teasing. Shouldn't tease like that. Zona said, don't ever tease like that. Yes, ma'am. I take that correction. All right. James chapter 1, verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law. Now, we just got through reading about the spirit of liberty. Now we're talking about the law of liberty. And continueth therein. Now stop, just a minute. Notice something in all three of these passages. All three of these passages. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We read there in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse number 18, that if we look into the perfect law of liberty, he changes us. 
while, while we're constantly looking into it, He's changing us from one level of glory to another level of glory. Right here He says, look at this, if we, if we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, and being not a forgetful hearer, turn to your neighbor and say, quit forgetting. Now listen carefully. This is important. I'm gonna, uh, this may be so simple to you, but it's, it's profound. You need to be coming to church ready for the Holy Spirit to talk to you. When you read your Bible, you need to be ready for the Holy Spirit to talk to you because you're looking into the perfect law of liberty and you better have a pen and paper ready. It is a fact you remember more what you write down than you do just by listening. Okay? Now, don't be writing while you're driving. Okay? Pull over if the Holy Spirit quickens something on the inside of you. Pull over and write it down. I've done that. Wait, 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 Lord. Let me pull over. Don't, don't let it slip. Okay, all right. Being not a forgetful hearer, but a, watch this phrase, but a doer of the work. Everybody say work. work. Now I want you to get this, because we're going to, I'm going to, when it comes September, you know, Labor Day weekend, I'm going to bull, I am going to bear down on that word work. <laughs> because we're not saved by our works. But James says, if you don't have any works, your faith is dead. You have to have action that corresponds with it. Well, I'm just saved, and you said you said you said you said you said blessed assurance, hoping that one day you're going to be prosperous, and you're worried about your bills, but you're sitting in your rocker. I'm saved. Saved from what? You ain't saved from your bills, that's for sure. Okay, could be that God wants you to go to work so you have something to give. That's what it says in the book of Ephesians. Let him this stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give. Amen. Doer of the work. Listen carefully. People say, well, I, I, you know, we don't work, Pastor Ronnie. Really? I'm going to tell you right now. The more revelation I get, the more work I got. But I'm not working by myself. Now you see the difference. The difference is working by yourself, trying to work it out by yourself versus working with God. When God tells you to do something, let's back it up. How many of you have ever had, you read something in the Bible and it jumped off the page or you heard preacher preaching or the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and he told you to do something and you thought immediately, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> How many of y'all done anything? How many of you have ever heard God? <laughs> he tells me to do things all the time. I say, Lord, I can't do it. I just don't know if I can do that. He said, Ronnie, I didn't ask you what you could do. The fact that I told you to do it means you can do it. Because he, see, let me, let me put it another way. You know why the sun rises in the east and sets in the west? Because God told it to. 
Now, what gave, what gave the ability to the son to do that? What God said. So if God said something to you and your stinking little lazy flesh says, well, I, can't, I can't do that. I, I can't do that. That's what, I just can't forgive. I can't forgive. You don't know what they've done to me. I can't. You know what you're doing? You're telling God what you told me has no power. shout me down. <laughs> now, I, talk, I, I dealt with you a little bit on the individual level. If our nation is going to be turned around, it will hinge on the body of Christ understanding they can do what God said. Okay? Because there is no hope for our nation outside of God and His Word. Now, I'm going to read a few things to you for the rest of my time. And this is taken from a book called Rebirth of America that was sent to me back in the 80s. And I want to, I want to help you to see something. The very purpose of the pilgrims in 1620 was to establish a government based on the Bible. That's why they came here. So they could worship God. In fact, the New England Charter signed by King James I confirmed this goal when he chartered their sail to the new, new world. This is what it says. To the advancement, to advance in the excuse me, to advance the enlargement of the Christian religion for the glory of Almighty God. That's why he chart he let that them charter that sail to move from the from England to here. Okay. This was confirmed in 1683 in the Charter of Rhode Island. We submit our persons, our lives, and our estates unto our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to all those perfect and most absolute laws he's given us in his holy word. Now this is the foundation. This is the foundation which, which began in the 1700s began to form what our forefathers looked at to how to form our government. But you don't hear this in public education and the majority of us have went through public education. I never heard this in high school. Okay. And it's not told by news media. Now, America what, didn't start off perfect either. But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. Okay? Yeah, I know. We got uh, all the stuff saying now, you know, well, well, they had slaves. Our founding fathers had slaves. Hey, God 
dealt with that issue. He dealt with that issue. Let me ask you a question. After you got born again, did all your bad habits fall off of you real quick? Or did God have to work with you? He sure did. And he had to work with this nation at the same time. Don't let people think or make you think that an issue that God's helped this nation deal with over 150 years ago, now that it's the same. It ain't the same. That's a lie of the devil to put you back into bondage to that lie again. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Let me read a little bit further. Y'all ready? These absolute laws became the basis of our Declaration of Independence, which includes the first paragraph, an appeal to the laws of nature and of God's nature. I mean, the nature, uh, uh, God's nature himself and the natural, natural law, laws like in animal nature. Our national constitution established a republic. Say that with me, republic. This is not a democracy. I heard somebody that was well known, they say it all the time. You got politicians saying it all the time. It is not a democracy. It is a republic. And the founding documents make those statements. An established republic on the absolute laws of the Bible, not a democracy based upon the changing whims, whims of the people. It has to have something absolute. The only absolutes are God and His Word. Y'all still love Jesus, right? Okay. In the inaugural address of President George Washington, is the first president, no people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which we have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to be, have been distinguished by some kind of token of providential agency. We ought to be no less persuaded that by the perpetual smiles of heaven cannot be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. Now that's what he said at his first inaugural inaugural address. Wow. All right. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to quote a few more here before I proceed uh, to another page. <laughs> the reason why I'm doing this is because you don't have access to it. It's not access to your everyday life. You don't know this. Abraham Lincoln made this statement. It is the duty of nations as well as men 
to owe their dependency upon the overruling power of God and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scripture and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. Amen. Here's another one by Noah Webster. And Noah Webster wrote the original Webster's Dictionary. He's one of the founding fathers. And listen to what he says. The religion which has introduced civil liberty. Remember liberty. Is the religion of Christ and his apostles. To which we owe our free constitutions of government. Man, that's amazing statements. One more quote from him. The moral precepts and principles contained in the scriptures ought to be the form the basis to form the basis of all civil constitutions and laws. Amen. All the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, uh, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from their despising or neglecting the principles or the precepts contained in the Bible. Man, amazing statements. The reason why I'm telling you this, I don't want you to apologize and I don't want you to back up. We need to press the envelope right now. God's given us an opportunity. I'm trying to, because I got a lot to read. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jesus. All right, stay with me. Rutherford, a government based on God. These fundamental principles made, up, uh, made upon the uh, Reformation world, world view. In other words, you have to understand, and I went over this, I think, Wednesday night. You have to understand when our nation was formed. We came out of the Dark Ages. When we came out of the Dark Ages, the reason why it was called the Dark Ages, the common man was forbidden to read the scriptures himself because corrupt religious leaders thought that they weren't holy enough. And only the, cor the corrupt religious leaders were worthy enough to read the scriptures. Are you following me? And what did we just read? If you continue in the Word... What did we just read? If you look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, we need to get it out as to many people as possible. I want, listen, if I, could get ever, if I could get every relative of mine to read their Bible on a daily basis for six months, woo, my, the Allen family would get saved. Listen to this. They were passed on in substance with our significant alteration to the American colonies through the influence of a book written by a Presbyterian pastor, Samuel Rutherford. And it's called Lux Rex. Lex, uh, Lex Russ. And it really means the law and the prince. It challenged the fundamental principles of the 17th century political government in Europe. The divine rights of kings. 
That was, the, that was the settlement of their government, the divine rights of kings. Rutherford asserted that the basic premise of government and therefore the law must be the Bible, the word of God, rather than the word of any man. All men, even the king, Rutherford argued, were under the law and not above it. Oh, Jesus, do I have to jump out there and get in front of your face? What do you think's happening right now? Some people think they're above it, but they want you to obey it. It's interesting to me that when we had the mask mandate, that people thought that they were above it, made a law and mandate to all you and I, we couldn't go anywhere without that stupid mask, but they could go and sit wherever they wanted to and go out to eat anywhere they wanted to without one. You understand what we're talking about? You say, Pastor Ronnie, you moved out of teaching into preaching because this fires me up. America, God is calling it back to its roots. This inspiration... Rutherford never got to see, but it filtered down until they began to look at it to our forefathers. And our founding fathers picked it up and they began to examine it. Dr. Fran Dr. Francis Schaeffer noted that many of the men who laid the foundation of the United States Constitution were not Christian in full sense, yet they built upon the basis of the Reformation either directly through this, pr the prince, uh, I mean, uh, the, how was it said? The challenge of the law and the prince. And he says, uh, a traditionally interdirected through Lockheed, our political institutions have their basis in Reformation thinking. What is Reformation again? where you could look into the Bible and read it for yourself. So they took the basis of that, which now the common man has access to, and said, this is going to be the foundation of our ruling institutions and our basis for all laws in this nation. Why? Because the common man has access to the law of liberty in the form of the Bible. Are you understanding? What is taken out of our public school system? The Bible. No wonder we have murder in our public school systems. Mass murders. If you go look statistically, how many mass shootings were in our public school systems before the Bible and prayer were taken out? Go check it out. You got to go check this stuff out. Why is it happening? It's happening because we're creating a vacuum by trying to drive God out of society. 
And if you're, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm already across the line. If you're, if you're standing with a political party that voted God out just a few years ago, and it took them four or five times to vote him back into their platform, you're out of your mind as a Christian. You, you were created by him and for him. You, you're not scum that evolved off of the face of the, the lake when the sun hit it. That kind of thinking has been instilled for decades. No wonder we devalue human life. And it, it is a passion of mine. You want to know why this insanity is going on? Why in the world would you take a million uh, barrels of our strategic oil and sell it to our enemy? That's insane. How come we got, how did we get here? Because the church thought that church was conducted on Sunday morning for an hour and a half if we can keep Pastor Ronnie contained. <laughs> and that's where it's supposed to remain. Do you know that's the way communist countries allow churches to operate in their nations? And they can only preach what is censored by their government. Wow. All right. I'm going to hurry. All right. Look at this. I just give you some quotes from our presidents. First and almost the only book deserving of universal attention is the Bible. John Quincy Adams. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated through this book. But for the book, we could not know right from wrong. Isn't that interesting? All the things desirable to man are contained in it. Abraham Lincoln. It's interesting. Abraham Lincoln made that statement. He stood with a political party that wanted to free the slaves? Just throwing it out there. The Bible is the one supreme source of revelation of the meaning of life. The nature of God, the spirit and spiritual nature and need of man. It is the only guide of life which really leads the spirit in the way of peace and salvation. Yes. President Woodrow Wilson. Go to the scriptures. The joyful promises it contains will be a bomb to all your troubles. Guess which president this was? This is one that I didn't necessarily side with. President Andrew Jackson.
The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them in faith if faith in these teachings would cease to be practic practically universal in our country. Let me read that one more time. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much in the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. That means that the foundations of our society are founded upon the Bible. And if the Bible is not universally practiced or accepted or looked into by the majority of the populace, then the foundations of our society and government fall apart. That's what that means. That was President Calvin Coolidge. Now, folks, did you know that the Continental Congress during the, during the Revolutionary War recognized the value of the written Word of God so much and there was such scarcity that they were employed to buy 20,000 Bibles. They were getting their Bibles out of England, but England cut that off. And so they bought 20,000 Bibles to spread across the country during the time of the Revolutionary War was being fought. And they bought them, the Continental Congress, to spread them out. Because they knew that if we succeed, it's going to be because the Word of God was held up. That happened in 1777. And then in early 1781, there was another petition by Robert Atkins. I believe that's his name. He petitioned Congress to receive from them a green light to print Bibles needed. The Bible came off the printing press late uh, the next year, and Congress approved it. So the original, uh, the, so the, they originated the Bible called the Bible of the Revolution. Did you hear that? Now one of the most rarest books. The first printing of the American Bible. The rarest books. The reason why I'm saying these things to you, from a personal basis, this applies, but it applies to our national arena. And yet society out there, because they are anti-God, our society will make you feel inferior or try to persecute you or mock you in the arena. It's called persecution. And you need to understand something. This is not the time for you to be like a little child. We are in a cultural war, 
And our freedoms in this nation are dependent upon the church understanding these truths. I know it's harsh on people. I know it kind of shakes people up. We are in an uncomfortable time. But if we don't grab this, I promise you, it'll be, it'll be covered up and smoothed over and a one world government will be controlling America. The spirit of the Antichrist is at work. And the church is the only one who stands in the way. And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, I, I need help myself. Look into the perfect law of liberty. This is about freedom. It's interesting, the ones that are being mocked the most in our nation right now is Christians. But it's only to the Christians that will stand up. We don't need no secret service agents. All right, and I'm going to stop right there. I can see right now that's about all your head can handle. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now. I thank you for every person here that needs individually. They need healing. In their bodies. In their souls. Any person that needs healing in the sound of my voice. Father, I thank you right now. The promises of your word and the promises based upon the very act of what you did at Calvary. That with your stripes, we are the healed. We speak healing based upon your finished work, the power of your resurrection, and in the authority of your name. Lord, I thank you that there will be people healed this very moment. That your healing virtue would flow into them, working a cure and making them sound. Every pain, every ache, every cause of those pains. In the name of Jesus. Father, we are grateful for anything that true medical science can do. But our faith is in you in the name of Jesus Lord we thank you that you bring purity back to medical science where they agree with you now Lord we give you praise right now if you need healing I want you now to just begin to thank God just begin to thank him Lord I thank you right now for healing thank you for healing my body, healing my mind, restoring my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, if there's anyone that doesn't know you or has drifted away and has not been following you, I thank you that you draw them by your spirit. You love them with an everlasting love. Lord, you're not, condemning, you're not condemning the United States. You're not condemning us as individuals. 
you're not condemning us. You're offering us the freedom you paid for. Sin and the nature of sin doesn't have a right to dominate us anymore. We rebel against it. We rebuke it. We cast it out in the name of Jesus. We lay hold of the freedom in the righteous work of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you need something right now, I would lay hold of it. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. Glory to God. And He wants to bring you in libera- into libera- liberty. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to just say this with you real boldly. God has announced your emancipation. Emancipation from sickness. Emancipation from sin. Emancipation from debt. Emancipation from uh, oppression, depression, aggravation. Well, I don't know about you, but you need to act like you're freed. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand up with me, please? Glory to God. I realize that sometimes I get really excited about this, but it's burning in my heart. It's burning in my heart. And, and, and God's people are waking up to it. Something is changing. A shift is taking place, but it's because there's been a sifting happening. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that a great awakening that took place at the founding of our nations with the Reformation. Father, I thank you that that same spirit is working in our generation. A Reformation is being done. And an awakening is taking place. The Spirit of God is illuminating the hearts of people. Now, Lord, we give you the praise and thanksgiving. Lord, we pray right now for the office of the president, vice president, all the cabinet members, Congress and Senate. We pray for our governor, the office of the governor, lieutenant governor, and the state Senate and the state representatives. We pray for the office of our mayor, city council, our school board presidents and school board Officials, in the name of Jesus. We pray for them right now. Those that occupy the office, Father, I thank you right now that you would open the eyes of their understanding if they don't know you. And Lord, if they refuse and rebel against your call, Father, we ask you to remove them from office and give us righteous leadership in every office in the name of Jesus. From Washington on down, all the way down to our school board members. Our judges, from the Supreme Court all the way down to the justice of the peace. We pray for righteous leadership. Lord, we thank you that you're not finished with America. Father, you've got something grand you want us to accomplish as a nation in spreading your gospel around the world. 
we give you the praise and thanksgiving. Now, as we leave this place today, we thank you that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. Say this with me out loud. I hear your voice and the voice of another I will not follow. Lord, you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods, and you've given us your name to use, which we invoke right now. Would you say this with me in the name of Jesus? There'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, Father, fill us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives, we thank you, Father, that every person we come in contact with, your love would ooze out of us, touch them, and cause them to see the light of the truth. We give you the praise and the thanksgiving for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.